Hello, and welcome to Rounds with Reliath, the podcast for healthcare professionals. I'm your host, Jesse Saffron. Today's topic is physician burnout, a catch-all term used in numerous journal articles and studies to describe the deep level of job dissatisfaction and unhappiness that many physicians report experiencing. Just last year, a survey of 15,000 practicing physicians released by Medscape showed that 42% of respondents reported feeling burned out. Reports on physician burnout have prompted concerns about increased risk of physician suicide, medical errors, and low patient satisfaction. More and more, there appears to be a desire on the part of the medical profession to do something about the problem, even though the problem may not be well-defined. Today's guest, Dr. Thomas Schwenk, is encouraging providers and researchers to think more deeply about physician burnout. He says that without a better understanding of burnout and its causes, efforts to improve the current system are likely to fall short. Dr. Schwenk is the dean of the University of Nevada, Reno School of Medicine, and has written extensively on this topic. Dr. Schwenk, thank you for being on the show. Uh, Happy to be with you, Jesse. Thanks. So what do we know about physician burnout? When people use that term, what are they attempting to describe? I think that there is a reservoir of of deep dissatisfaction. I think physicians are stressed. I think they're overwhelmed in many regards. I think the system has become uh, very difficult in which to function for many physicians. There are productivity pressures, EMR pressures, there's a lot going on that seems to find its way to, to this term. Um, but as you know, I don't actually like the term so much. It, it doesn't really tell me very much. It doesn't really get to any sort of pathophysiology. So I've taken to use a different phrase. It actually comes uh, out of the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual, the DSM. Uh, many of the diagnoses in the DSM uh, go through various uh, specific diagnoses with specific criteria. But then at the end, uh, there is a kind of a catch-all called not otherwise specified, and I've taken to calling this misery not otherwise specified. Um, I think that that there's misery of different forms, of different types. People come at this in different ways, and somehow it all gets dumped into uh, a single bucket. And so I, I recognize that there is something happening here, but as you said in your intro, um, I really would like to to dig more deeply um, because I feel like we're sort of skating over the surface right now. We see these numbers, we see high uh, prevalence rates, but I want to know what's underneath that before, before I start thinking about solutions. Dr. Schwenk, in a JAMA article published last year, you and a colleague point to the fact that while there have been hundreds of studies related to physician burnout, they haven't really led to a better understanding of the issue. Um, Can you explain why you think that is the case and and what would you like to see going forward? So I think that we are responding, as you said in your intro, to the the need to do something. So we're sort of into the, uh, you know, ready, fire, aim kind of approach. And I get that. I understand that there's a lot of misery, as I say, and that Physicians are uh, functioning poorly in many cases and, and feeling um, dissatisfied. Um, I just think that there's a, this compelling need to, to do something because we do see some of the, the fallout of this. There's a desire on the, on the part of physicians in general. We're, we're built to act. We're built to solve problems. We're 
we're selected and we're trained our entire career to take on difficult uh, situations, difficult problems, difficult circumstances, and to, to do something. We spend our whole lives being asked to solve issues, and I think this is the way we, we tend to go about it. Um, and I think any one individual physician has a sense of what their burnout means and, and, it, and has a sense of what they would like to see addressed. I'm just not sure it, it rolls up into a, um, a, a single set of criteria or a pathophysiologic understanding or some, some more basic or, or deeper level of understanding of what, of what is happening to the profession as a whole. But I do recognize that something is happening. And, and as a now 40-year career in medicine, uh, reflecting back on my career uh, and feeling you know, tremendous satisfaction in my career and still being very appreciative of, of my career, I feel badly for physicians who do not feel that way, who do not feel satisfied, and I feel uh, like I'd like to contribute in some way as well. Dr. Schwenk, can you talk about the connection, if any, uh, between burnout and depression? I asked that because in the Medscape survey I referenced earlier, 15% of physicians reported feeling depressed, and there are some estimates that for medical students, the rate of depression is almost 30%. Right. So now we're getting into, I think, uh, the, the core issue, which is sort of a Venn diagram of burnout within which a substantial portion of physicians might also um, uh, respond uh, positively to uh, criterion-based questionnaires or quite criterion-based interviews for depression. And then, of course, within, the, within that circle, you're going to have some risk for um, suicide, for example. Um, the meta-analyses of studies of medical student mental health do show kind of across the board roughly a 25% prevalence of depression. It tends to uh, start out somewhat lower uh, on entry into medical school and then picks up into the first, second, and third years, falls off a bit in the fourth year, and then picks up again in residency. And the meta-analyses of depression in residency show a similar 25% plus um, prevalence rate. And then we continue on into practicing physicians where the rate of depression probably is somewhat less, maybe more in the uh, 10 to 15, perhaps high teens rate, uh, but the risk of suicide continues to go up. So we believe, as best we understand, and the numbers are, are sometimes hard to pin down, but we believe that the, the risk of suicide actually is lower in entering medical students. It picks up a bit perhaps over the course of medical school, picks up further perhaps during residency, and then ends up being uh, somewhere from one and a half to three times the rate in practicing physicians compared to age-matched uh, general population. So somewhere within that um, kind of global assessment of burnout, we have uh, a, a more criterion-based issue of depression and um, suicidal ideation, that to me is a better place to start because there is more of a, of a reference point and we understand the pathophysiology better. But I would also say that uh, physicians who feel burned out but who do not meet uh, criteria for more major uh, mental health diagnoses do 
do have something important going on as well. And that might be a place to start, which is to take out those who meet criteria for more severe diagnoses and then, and then I'll look at the second group as a, as a different group that maybe is having more of a, a transient or reactive or adjustment type of a, of a situation to the stresses of practice but do not actually meet criteria for depression. To find out more about topics like this one, please go to reliasmedia.com slash podcast where you can listen to other episodes. There, you also can subscribe to our informative publications such as Hospital Employee Health and obtain CE credit. Dr. Schwenk, can you talk for a little bit about physician well-being or, or lack of physician well-being from a risk management perspective? For example, some physicians have reported that their depression has led to medical errors. Others say that burnout has caused them, in some cases, to be less engaged and friendly with patients. It seems like such circumstances could lead to increased costs and even legal liability in some cases. Uh, what have you seen in this area? I think that there are interesting things going on here, but I don't know that we have a lot of data. Uh, some of the work uh, by Dr. Durby and her colleagues at Mayo have looked at um, academic performance in students who report burnout, and it appears that those students uh, may have a higher likelihood of cheating uh, on exams, for example, or may have some professionalism issues related to uh, claiming credit for something that they did on a clinical clerkship that they did not actually do, or saying that they looked into a laboratory test when they actually did not. So there may be some professionalism issues in students who are who are burned out. Uh, we know that residents do report uh, higher levels of error um, and um, difficulties in engaging with patients, and I think physicians report that as well. But there, um, there's a lot of anecdote and there is some sort of general belief, but I don't know that, that we know what's beyond that. I do think it's an area of extraordinary um, importance, and I would focus in particular on what you said in your question about patient engagement. Um, where I'm headed with a lot of this research is taking all of the many issues that have been reported as potential sources of dissatisfaction and, and trying to find what the common denominator is. And I believe that one possible common denominator, maybe not the only one, is the disruption in physician-patient relationships, the disruption in satisfying, regenerative, positive relationships in which physicians give a lot and they receive a lot in return. So if you thought about uh, what, what do EMRs do? Well, EMRs disengage the, 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 the physician from the patient. Uh, we have studies, for example, in which residents are now reporting that they spend more time in their day with computers than they do with patients. Well, that seems profoundly wrong to me. It's wrong from a patient care perspective. It's wrong from a um, teaching perspective. It's wrong from a risk management perspective. Um, what does um, uh, uh, direct-to-consumer advertising do? It causes patients to come in and be sometimes quite demanding for certain treatments that may be completely inappropriate. I've had patients ask me for uh, medications uh, for diseases they don't even have because they heard about it on TV. Well, that's pretty disruptive to relationships as well. And, and I'd like to really dig into uh, some of that, and that would feed directly back to your question about risk management. I mean, if, if you're talking about significant disengagement, if you're talking about breakdown in relationships, 
talking about physicians who just do not have the emotional energy to engage with patients and to really commit to patients and to care for them in deep, satisfying ways, uh, that does not sound good for uh, risk management. So I think the um, um, uh, risk management people um, are and, and if not should be really interested in this issue. Dr. Schwenk, you have challenged the current understanding of physician burnout, but you also have made clear that there is a problem that physician well-being and mental health are not where they should be. Um, given your more than 40 years of experience in the profession, I'm curious to know your perspective. Do you think things have gotten worse in terms of physician well-being? Uh, what is your sense of the scope of the problem? Well, that's the key issue, I think, is, is what's happening temporarily here. Is this different than what's gone on in the past? I think most people would say yes. Um, I think that um, medicine has always changed, and medical practice has always changed. Medical practice has always been stressful, and there are always major uh, demands on physicians. If you go back a long ways, you go back to the post-war era, and you look at physicians and look at some of the studies um, we have always talked about how stressful medical practice is. We've talked about how stressful medical education is, but we've also talked about the great satisfactions that come with that. There have been some great uh, books written about uh, physician careers and how uh, they were totally dedicated to their community. They were totally dedicated to their patients, sometimes at the expense of their own family members, and there's been some pretty powerful writing about that. Uh, but somewhere in there, they always uh, received energy in return. They always received um, something back for everything that they um, put into this. Somehow what seems to have happened now is that we are giving and giving and giving, and we're not getting as much back, and that may be what's different now. We don't really have great historical data. The concept of burnout you know, doesn't go back that far, really, and so I don't know that we know even what uh, a baseline rate of depression would be in physicians or a baseline rate of suicide in physicians. That, that's kind of a mystery. So it's hard to say, but I think everybody gets a sense that something is different, and, and that's why I think we need to look a little bit uh, more deeply. Dr. Schwenk, you've written before about how lack of physician well-being is related to what, in your view, is a breakdown in the physician-patient relationship. Um, can you expand on that for our audience, and what can providers and administrators do, if anything, to improve that relationship? So that gets back to uh, where I was a bit before, and, and, and I'll take it from there into what um, I'm, I'm starting to talk about a contagion model of, of, of physician misery and, and resident misery and student misery. What I'm wondering is whether the system has beaten down physicians and patients and the relationships so much that we do not have a mechanism anymore for uh, students to receive positive role modeling and students to receive a good career advice and to receive mentoring during difficult times. And so students now are feeling kind of lost and disengaged. Uh, they're, they're under tremendous pressure to do well on a step one exam, for example, the licensing exam. Uh, they are exposed to incredible clinical stresses, and yet there's no one really there to mentor them and to guide them through some of the, the difficult things they encounter clinically as students. Residents, of course, are feeling the same way. They're not as available to students because, of course, they're 
at the computer all the time. Uh, attending physicians are under their own productivity pressures, their own regulatory pressures, so they're not available to residents or uh, students. And so if you think about the teacher-learner relationship breaking down, maybe that's leading to the physician-patient relationship breaking down. And, and there's just a, a, a loneliness. Uh, I've actually read some very powerful essays about the sheer breakdown in, in physician camaraderie that physicians don't come to the hospital anymore. They don't sit in the doctor's lounge after rounds and chat a bit. There's no sense of uh, uh, physician re uh, relationships to share some of these uh, burdens. And uh, so it, there's actually essays about the loss of the doctor's dining room uh, as, a, as a way that uh, used to help uh, physicians cope. So I, I'm just wondering if there isn't some uh, in, almost an, an infectious disease vector here, some way that the, um, the, uh, the ways that the medical profession used to support itself, the ways that um, teachers and learners would support one another, the ways that physicians and patients would support one another, is really starting to break up, and that's actually extending down into the earlier stages of medical education. So I worry a lot, for example, about uh, what happens to our medical students, uh, you know, as a dean of a medical school, I'm particularly concerned about students. What, what, are we, what are we doing in terms of their professional growth, their professionalism, how they're learning how to cope with practice, what kinds of role modeling, what kinds of mentoring, what kinds of guidance, what kinds of support? I think we need to think about that. Otherwise, we're raising a generation of physicians who will have yet further troubles as the system continues to um, uh, cause so much stress in their life. So uh, I think there's a lot for all of us to think about, and, per and perhaps particularly those of us in medical education, to really think seriously about where this is all headed. Today, we've been joined by Dr. Thomas Schwenk, Dean of the School of Medicine at the University of Nevada, Reno. Dr. Schwenk, thank you for being on the show, and I hope to talk with you again soon. I'd be happy to do so anytime. Thanks. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Relias Media, where we empower healthcare providers to improve patient care and outcomes. To find out more about topics like this one, please go to reliasmedia.com slash podcast, where you can listen to other episodes. There, you also can subscribe to our informative publications, such as Healthcare Risk Management, and obtain CME or CE credit. 